This is the, the misnomer with consensus-based decision-making. There's a lot of people think it's a slower process because the governance process is slower, but the action process and the achieving the vision process afterwards and achieving the vision you actually want to achieve rather than something you just thought you needed to achieve are all so much better and faster after the governance process. Welcome to Building Better Worlds. Our mission here is simple to explore how the innovations of Web3 can deliver on its potential to build a sustainable, more equitable world. Welcome to this episode of Building Better Worlds. Today we have a special guest, Raiki Kordan. Hey, how beautiful you? to be here. You having a good day? Uh, it's been a fantastic day so far. I spent a lot of it cuddling my son and walking around a garden and yeah, it's been fantastic, so thank That's you. awesome. So now, how did you come about the idea of seeds and uh, what was the birthing process in this time? Ooh, um, it was really a co-creation with my wife and I. I'd say a decade ago, we were thinking, what type of world would we want to bring our kids up into? I think it's rather beautiful because as of... <laughs> Four months ago, we did bring a child into the world. So I think we got to the point that we felt confident. Well, I know we did uh, bringing new life into the world. Uh, but it was really that question a decade ago, both of us thinking life's not and civilization rather really isn't headed in a great direction. You know, new species going extinct all the time and we all get it, right? Um, so we were kind of sitting in that going, okay, how do we solve this? And, you know, time again with First, it started off with eco-villages. Okay, we can set up our own little intentional communities, grow our own food, kind of create an island to protect ourselves. But again, I think that's like isolationist thinking, and a reason it didn't work is because that wouldn't actually be the solution. You know, it doesn't matter if your island's protected. You know, if climate change, we all get that. Um, so then, what came after that is like, well, we actually need healthier food. That's a big part of the epidemics we're facing, whether it's our mental health, our physical health our inadequacy to be able to address these crises, a lot of the times have to do with malnourishment, even in developed countries of us not getting the vital nutrients we actually need, you know, not the stuff fast food selling us um, so that we can optimally function so we can actually address the crises we're facing, right? So we're like, okay, we need to localize our food systems. Um, what's stopping us from growing food, not lawns, cooking food out of our houses and selling it to each other and like really radically localizing our food systems. All right. So we started looking into that. We saw some marketplaces that were getting set up. So, you know, peer to peer food, exactly that, grow food, not lawns, sell it to your neighbors, cook food out of your house, more local home cooked meals rather than ordering from, you know, big box stores and that stuff, right? Um, we looked at these marketplaces and a lot of them didn't scale because they were charging fees. All right. Meaning when you go to your neighbors and they're like, hey, I'm selling a pie for $5, you're probably not going to use the platform. So a lot of the teams that were trying to set these tools up and scale them once they hit a, a certain level of adoption in a community, the community didn't have to keep using the app because of the fees and they might avoid them. So there's a lot of like economics that needed to be solved. And it was through trying to solve the economics of how do we localize our food systems that we had the kind of idea of, wait, what if we built our own financial system? You know, central banks, they create how many trillions of dollars? We, we pay over a trillion dollars to warfare every year? Like, that's ridiculous. What if that money went to localize our food systems? Well, it could if we were using a different money. So we're like, all right, great, let's build seeds. So seeds started off with 
It's an acronym, SEEDS. It's Sowing Ecologically and Economically Decentralized Societies, meaning we're trying to think how do we sow civilizations that are ecological, you know, living in right boundaries and right relationship with our earth. They're economically decentralized, meaning we're not just concentrating wealth into the hands of a few, we're deliberately de building systems that decentralize wealth and create abundance, right? Um, decentralized societies, so lots of different societies. How do we seed them and start building the alternative civilizations we know we need, but we don't necessarily know what they are. So we need to start designing them. So that's why we started building all the tools open source thinking, you know, let's start exploring how to build a new economic system, open source our learning, start building the tools as best as we can. So we built this thing called a passport and started doing decentralized governance together. We went through this huge process of creating a constitution for our new, you know, civilization. So we're going through what are the regenerative principles that we need to, you know, align on to guide us as we evolve this together. So it's been a massive journey of, you know, how do we build a different civilization? All right, so you said you started about a decade ago and you have this idea, which is a very noble idea, to create a, a new economic system that basically takes care of the people. And it, it's uh, growing. And so now, has it been welcome? Like, do, are people really welcome to this new idea? Or do you have a lot of education that needs to go in place? Yeah, so this is a, all of these are just my, you know, opinions based off of just the little experience I've had. Right. So take it all with a grain of salt. Um, at this point, I'm less interested in trying to find a narrative of convincing other people that this needs to happen in any sort of fashion. Um, so it's less, you know, is education a problem and people need to be educated to fix things or whatever it is. The, the reality is, is today there are so many people that want this that it's more, what's the appropriate way of going through that process? Because building a new society or civilization or any of this, it's a really human process. And I think what we learned with seeds is when we try to decentralize a new financial system and civilization and bring so many different you know, perspectives together when there wasn't an alignment of what the whole point was to begin with, you know, it was a really, really messy process. Beautiful, but what we learned from that is that there's a process to go through that communities need to go through and actually to understand who they are, you know, what are they trying to accomplish together, what's their shared vision. They need to see themselves in it. So a lot of times what we see happen is when one person gets this magnanimous idea to create a new civilization and then calls people to join them, well, every new person says, well, that's your idea, it's not my idea, and I know it needs to be co-created, so I need to change it in order to have my idea, you know, be a part of it. And we see this kind of like never-ending process where new people want to show up and, you know, evolve it to have a piece of them, right? So then it's like, what if it actually looks like to evolve way more people in the start of these new creations rather than it being like one person's idea a lot of people show up to but we actually uncover a process that it looks like for you know 140 people to show up to a, a general idea you could say hey there's a piece of land here let's say it's 4,000 acres or whatever we want to build a new economy we can have a thousand families here we're going to base it off of x y and z principles so you set a basic vision up and then what does the process look like to then get those thousand families to show up and understand what game they're playing together? How do we design this new economy? What role do I play in it? You know, how do I pass to go? Those types of things, right? Um, but just the exact same way that when we play a new board game with friends, we show up and there's a game guide that like walks us through what does that look like to play a new game with these people? And there's a very simple process, these roles, and then the game unfolds with the people playing it, right? 
we needed to uncover that same process. So that's kind of what the experiment over the last decade, but now five years in seeds has been, is what is that process? Is there similar patterns that we can see all across the globe that you know groups are going through when they try to design new economies? Like what are those similar patterns? And then what tools can we give each other and keep working with that help us through this process? So I know that's a very complicated answer, but the answer is I don't think it's all about scaling rapidly. Instead, I think it's about really uncovering the process that communities need to go through and then going through that process and learning from each other and sharing it, right? Right. So is, is the game that you mentioned, is that part of the region, region games? And could you further explain? Yeah, exactly. That? So the region games is how do we make it fun? Okay. And how do we make it understandable, you know? You could pack a lot of detail and information into, you know, let's use World of Warcraft, for example. It's this huge, you know, online world that's, you know, as deep and complex as most civilizations today, but total fantasy, and it's a gamer's world, right? But people are able to step into that world and not have to understand the totality of the whole world, and they can have a lot of fun doing it, and they can have an impact. So we need to kind of mirror those same principles as we're thinking about civilization redesign. How do we make it a lot of fun and make it so people can really understand how they can see themselves in it, you know, what roles they can play, how they go from, you know, whatever civilization they're in right now, whatever role they're playing in that civilization. So maybe it's a doctor or a lawyer or accountant, you know, maybe you're a tax attorney, but in our new civilizations we're building, we don't need tax attorneys as such. Right? So that role doesn't exist anymore. So how do you go from that role to new roles that are, are existing in this new world, right? Um, so it's a really complex thing, but how do we make it fun and make it into a game? So that's what Regen Games is kind of exploring is, what's the game board look like? What are the roles look like? How do we, yeah, I'll pause there. <laughs> All right, and so then I've heard of the term Regen Civics. What is that? Um, so region civics, I guess, in, in line with what we were just discussing, is that process. So it's, it's a living process of what does it look like to one, form an alliance of organizations that share that same purpose, being the purpose of helping groups come together and form new economies. So that could be groups that are helping people set up local food systems or sell natural built homes or set up you know, local energy grids or coordination tools like uh, being able to set up a DAO or launch your own currency or groups that help people do a dreaming process. So what does it look like? You pull 12 of your core team members together. You know, how do you actually go through that co-dreaming process to you know, see together what that future civilization looks like and then reverse engineer designing it? So there's a very, you know, there's a facilitated journey groups could go through. So organizations that are doing that and a bunch of different organizations, as you can imagine. So that was the first thing is like, how do we create an alliance of organizations that help groups do this? So that's an ongoing question that's still happening. You know, we're still exploring. Um, the second one was then that group coming together to launch an incubator for projects to go through. So this is the land-based groups. Um, for them to be able to design their new economic systems and then pool the resources together to make them work. So for example, we have 13 projects that showed up for season one. Uh, we use this decentralized governance process to actually pick the 13, I think like 30 something applied. We narrowed it down to 13 for a lot of reasons, but we actually felt that was superficial and we didn't need to narrow it down. But anyway, I digress. 
so for example, one of the projects is, I keep mentioning that 4,000 acre one, cause that is one in Nicaragua and it's 4,000 acres. It's right next to the ocean. It's beautiful. Another one is about 350 hectares in Ecuador. And this one, the Kogi, which is the, one of the native tribes across the world that have never been conquered. But anyway, the Kogi Indians actually came down to that property and said, this is sacred land and set up this fire circle which is part of their technology of how they communicate at a distance. It's really deep, very interesting stuff. Um, so we have that project. And then we have a very, it's called a garden city. It's a very conservative project in the United Kingdom because it's right next to Oxford. It contains a lot of like entrenched interests, so to speak. Um, so we have a very, how do we take a traditional 4,000? So it's about to be 4,000 homes there. It's a huge project. Um, how do we take that type of interest and still shift it towards regeneration and appeal to those you know, audiences? Why the other ones I've mentioned are much more free range, meaning the first project that's 4,000 acres was doing it on Ubuntu principles. And Ubuntu is like, you know, I am because we are. So it's all about this awareness that we're all connected and they're designing their entire economy based off of those principles. And then the other one in Ecuador is more around the Kogi principles and like the wisdom that those groups are bringing to this community there and mixing it with, you know, regenerative agriculture understanding, which is what the farm's all about. So let's design an economy around a local food system based off Kogi Indian, you know, governance principles and regenerative agriculture. Or the Garden City Project in the UK of how do we work with really entrenched old world interests, you know, about designing a new type of development project is what we might call that you know so it's we're trying to get a diversity of different startup um, we call them minimum viable regenerative economies so it's basically what is that minimum set that we can create a regenerative economy with in a bunch of different contexts so that's what region civics was really trying to explore so we grab these 13 different examples um, and then we've been going through, it's about a year now process of designing what does their economy actually look like? What are their roles? Who do they need? What resources do they need? So it is this, it's a very complex process that for something that should be really simple. And it's answering the question like, what is the point of us coming together to coordinate? So what are the needs that we're actually trying to meet? You know, what is the, what are the resources that we actually have to meet those needs? So again, very first principles. What is the point of us coming together as humans, right? And then designing a, you know, essentially an economy around that process. So these groups are coming together and saying, well, we need land or we already have land, but we need people to come and grow food on it or whatever it is. So then you start identifying what roles you have available. Because then when we come to this crowd pooling moment, so it's our evolution of crowdfunding. Because crowdfunding is we just go out there and we say, hey, people with money, tell us how humanity should evolve. And, you know, it's pretty narrow-minded. We say only people who fund projects with money get a say in the future of humanity, which is a very obscure situation we've put ourselves in when we say only investors, you know, decide what projects get funded. Because projects don't need money. Projects needs all the money, all the things money can buy. You know, you don't need money. You need money to pay someone to do labor for you, or you need money to buy land or equipment. So a crowd pooling is we get to use DAO tools and Web3 and all this fun stuff to say, we're not just raising money for our project, but we also need land. So if you have land available that fits the criteria we need, great, you can offer your land and you can get tokens back for that, you know, for fair market value of your land or whatever it is. Um, we need equipment, so maybe you have tractors. Okay, instead of us going out and buying a new tractor, there's a whole lot of people with tractors. Maybe they want to contribute a tractor to the mission too, you know? 
or we need cars or whatever equipment you need. So you list out all these big items and you see how many resources we can pool from our communities together to get a project started. With the goal of being that we dramatically decrease how much money we actually need to raise. Which is also really critical, especially as we enter a recession, because a recession, all it means is there's just less money moving around. And that causes all sorts of problems, which is, again, one of the weirdest parts about our economic systems that we have to point out is it's not like factories blew up or people don't want to work anymore, but all of a sudden, like our quality of lives are decreasing just because there's no money going around. So what I was sharing here is like, how do we move beyond that? So we don't need money to be moving around in order to coordinate. So anyway, that's what we're unpacking in Region Civics. I know, again, huge answer for your question, but hey, you're passionate I'm assuming about this it. is what you're going for. I love it. I love it. And so I've, I've heard of great successes that have come from the, the development of seeds and through the process, right? I just interviewed seed with permatours. And so do you have any other examples that you are proud of that have been birthed from seeds? Oh man, I mean, every single one of the dues that have been born from it, we call it dues because H is for, you know, human, but anyway. Uh, Permatores, the commons itself, D-Studio I know came together under Seeds. Uh, part of me that's resistant here is I don't think Seeds needs to take credit for what was born here either. You know, it's kind of holding space for a wider movement that we're all a part of. So. Right. You know, a lot of conversations were had within Seeds that gave birth to new things that the movement needed, which I think are fantastic. Um, but really, it's all us. I think the important thing that I'd love to share here is to think beyond the tribalistic boundaries of, you know, what is Seeds versus what other, you know, cryptocurrency that wants to be regenerative. Because I keep seeing that, that like the capitalism keeps sinking into our movement <laughs> where we want to see these boundaries and tribes and separation. And then all of a sudden we have competing regenerative currencies, you know, attacking each other to gain market share or something weird, you know, and we, we actually see that stuff type, you know, happen. So I'm, I'm very reluctant to say, you know, seed should take credit for certain things happening. Um, with all that being said, a lot of organizations have, you know, gathered within Seeds and launched and I'm super proud of, contribute to as much as I can. Um, it got to the point where it was more overwhelming than anyone can deal with, which was a good thing and a bad thing. Um, and I think, you know, most importantly, it got us a lot closer to uncovering the economies we need to build. So I think Seeds 2.0 is going to be fantastic because it's how Seeds 1.0 should have been. Um, Seeds 1.0 was a very small group of people. Um, coming up with what you know we thought would be a really good economic system and then just unleashing on the world. Why Seeds 2.0 is, okay, since that's happened and this is now governed by the people, what do we really need? What does our movement really, really need? And let's have those conversations. So that's what I think has been the most valuable is those conversations that have been going on for you know five years now. Um, and the result of that is what they're calling Seeds 2.0 or Seeds Redwood Branch or whatever name it has at any time is... Uh, really, what does it look like to fully distribute how Seeds operates? So Seeds started with, you know, we need diversity in our future economic systems, but maybe we can get that by people copying Seeds. So you literally launch your own new currency with your own economy, etc. And that's how we thought it would spread diversity is people would copy it and fork it is what the term is called in, you know, Web3. Um, that didn't happen. And instead, we realized the community wanted that 
ability to create diversity, but within the same ecosystem. Forking it was way too difficult. You know, that wasn't something a lot of people wanted to do or knew how to do, but they still wanted that diversity. So what Seeds needed to figure out was, okay, how do we launch one currency that can fund the movement and coordinate our global efforts? So we still needed something like Seeds to solve something like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch because no one community can coordinate to solve that challenge. So it couldn't fall under one community. It needs to happen with a lot of communities coming together to solve it. And a lot of our great problems are that way too. So that's where we started with Seeds is we needed that one global currency to coordinate global activities. But what Seeds didn't launch with was that we also need local currencies to coordinate local activities. So Seeds 2.0 starts with the idea of we have this thing called a local currency and we let groups launch it. We have, they automatically show up in the wallet. We set up pools between Seeds and their local currency, etc. So then we help communities launch their own local currencies and local economic systems. Um, so that was one of the big takeaways from our evolutionary journey too, is like, how do we make it so that it is really diverse and we're creating diversity rather than that be, you know, an accident, if that makes sense. All right, so when is Seeds 2.0 coming out? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a white paper has been put up for, you know, community keep giving feedback. Feedback does keep coming in. Conversations are still being had now. Um, because it is an alignment process, within Seeds, our governance in order to change our token economics, which are called tokenomics, but really it's economy that are based on tokens, so they call it token economics, but whatever. Um, it's kind of a useless term anyway. Um, <laughs> I only say that because you guys are mentioning tokenomics. Um, anyway, that's, that's nearly identified. I think there's still some ways we can improve it, but it's been a, a two-year process coming up with this Seeds 2.0 white paper for the, the new currency design. So it's up on our site right now. You can check it out if you want. Um, so that's going through the feedback process right now. Once the community is like, yes, we love this, there's a lot of enthusiasm for it, then we can launch it. Um, but that will then require a proposal go up and then the Seeds community actually pass it. So I don't know, because if that proposal goes up and it could go up next month and it gets voted down, then it requires us go through another governance process to refine our model. So it is slower to move, which is opposite of what kind of capitalistic markets want. Because, you know, the day-to-day -day market activity wants a lot of hype and a lot of progress and they would rather you, you know, say this big fancy shiny thing is going to come out so people can speculate on it and make money than hear that there's a long deliberative governance process that's really refining something before it gets launched. Um, so with all that being said, we don't set launch dates because we have no idea. <laughs> you know, I had no clue it would take this long either. So we're just letting the process unfold at the organic natural pace it seems to. Um, with the understanding that we're going to save a lot of time this way because if we – this is the, the misnomer with consensus-based decision-making is a lot of people think it's a slower process because the governance process is slower. But the action process and the achieving the vision process afterwards and achieving the vision you actually want to achieve rather than something you just thought you needed to achieve are all so much better and faster after the governance process. So it's kind of the, the wisdom that we're holding here is we're not trying to rush Seeds 2.0 because if we do, then we're going to rush something else that ultimately doesn't end up working again. And then we'll be back here again, you know, seven years from now, wishing, you know, why we went so fast and didn't take our time, you know. <laughs>
So that's what we're doing right now is we're really thinking about the design of this and being happy with it and making sure it meets all of our real needs today. And it's actually what the community is, you know, going to most benefit them. Um, also, we're looking for other places to bridge to at the same time, because that's something else Seeds 1.0 didn't do, was we never got on exchanges, really. We were on one with Telos. Um, for a brief moment, we launched on Ethereum, but then we stopped. So we want to be more deliberate about the way we launch 2.0 this time around, or at least I would like us to be. And it seems like that's the consensus with the community as well, that you know, we've taken this time to be thoughtful about it. So let's also make sure the, the Alliance partners in the right place and that you know, everything is ready for that. When we do that, we can actually hold the space when people show up again, because that's you know, where Seeds also, we already got to that point. We already reached one point about two years ago where there's so much energy and activity that everyone burnt out and we didn't know how to direct it. So we already went through the process of what does it look like if we get super popular and a lot of people show up. And the answer to that one the first time around was it'll burn a lot of core contributors out and we'll get tired. <laughs> so we needed to then redesign our foundations of what does it look like to be able to actually, you know, hold space for a lot of people showing up excited about this movement and to be able to effectively do stuff with that. Um, so that's something else that's been brewing in the community the last few months are all the different organizations that have set up to help people go through that process. So there's neighborhoods, neighborhoods, for example, which is another community that formed within Seeds um, to help people through the process of learning about this movement and what it's all about and how they can find their role and all that stuff. Um, it's also what we're doing with Regen Civics to have these actual land-based projects, which this is one of them. It's our campus here. I'll show it to you. It surrounds this lake. So it's about a 200 acre campus here um, that we get to create with a whole bunch of cabins and learning places. Anyway, it's a beautiful place for us to come and start incubating and designing what regenerative economies could look like and help groups that are excited to form one. So I felt like we needed all these pieces in place before we went out and told the world that we were <laughs> you know, doing this again, um, so that there's actually a place for people to go and contribute and, you know, meaningfully join the Renaissance. Because um, then our answer could be they're like, yep, I'm full in. I want to do this. It's like, awesome. There's a project where you and your family can move to. They're already growing local food. They've got a house for you to move into. And here's a role that you could fill. You know, it'd be awesome if we have all of those spaces so people could fully, you know, step out of the old civilization into the new ones that we're creating. Um, so that's kind of what we've been working on the last you know, few years is how do we make this as real as possible rather than just something that's happening on Discord, you know? So one last question. Um, if you could extrapolate it out like five years from now and if everything worked as it should, where do you see seeds going within the next five years? Sure. Um... So I'll put seeds in the context of the greater regenerative renaissance. And in the next five years, I'd imagine we have thousands of land-based regenerative projects. So like I had mentioned, those three, they're already underway. Um, and a network across. So as people join it, so I'm in this five years from now, I know I can go pretty much anywhere in the world. And the contributions I'm making here on the ground are buying me that ticket to anywhere in the world that I would like to go, but I don't really like to go anywhere in the world, and most people don't anymore. Why? Because the community I'm living in right now is freaking fantastic. 
We grow all of our own food. I have a deep relationship with all the plants that I'm growing. Um, I'm saying I'm in place of everyone saying this who wants this, right? That we have a relationship with the food that we're growing again within five years. Because that's how we're the healthiest that we've ever been now. And we are five years from now. Our brains are clear. We're dreaming more. We're more excited and compassionate. You know, the vision for the future that we're building isn't just something that's going to happen after the collapse. We're living it day to day. Like, we're able to show up in the morning. We know where our first and second and third and all of our meals come from. We're tasting it directly out of the garden, and it's amazing. We have beautiful houses that we've constructed with our own hands. A lot of the houses we've built, they're natural built homes. And they're built by our communities coming together and building the houses for ourselves. So they're built with love and meaning. So the places that we're inhabiting right now, they have that relationship of the community that came together to build that and the memories of building that together. So whenever we step into those buildings, we're just nourished with love and we're just like, yes, this is fantastic. They were built intelligently so that it doesn't take very much heat or money rather to be able to heat our houses. So what's going on in the UK and across the world right now is a distant memory of like, how did we design a system where we couldn't passively maintain a living temperature in our home and that we had to burn fossil fuels to survive? Like what nonsense we would say. <laughs> and that could happen easily within five years. Um, so within five years, we have a network of communities across the globe demonstrating alternatives. So then we're now entering the table, I believe, five years from now, hopefully sooner, at a global stage saying, look, all the conversations we're having on the mainstream channels are basically null and void because they're all arguing over a game that's fundamentally broken and inadequate to achieve our goals. And instead of us hating on that system anymore, now we can point to a whole load of alternatives across the globe of alternatives that are working. Where we're cleaning the water, we're growing our own food, we're localizing our systems, people are happier, we're dealing with mental illness because now we have purpose, people are excited for the future, and we're taking our own initiative to create those worlds. Then we have a positive narrative of where humanity can go. Now it's not, you know, technology is going to save us or everything's going to collapse. Now it's we're reuniting with the world, we're gaining relationship again with all of the beautiful plants and animals that we share this world again. Like we're, we're back to having a relationship with them and diversity is coming back. And we're just so in love with life. And then that's, I think, the pull. So that's what I was mentioning at the beginning of this is forget all about, you know, trying to sell this vision. There's so many people that get it, that already want it, that have lined up at the doors to be like, let's build it. Like, let's just build it. And that on its own will be an attractor. And then it's really just about how do we most beautifully as possible, you know, ground the people that are showing up right now and build that more beautiful world and demonstrate that. So five years from now, we're already going to be there. Right now, we're already there across the globe. Like, it's happening. You know, so five years from now, I think it's just going to be having a lot of momentum demonstrating that alternative. So where, where do seeds fit into all of this? Well, if we have, you know, a thousand villages across the globe and they've got their own economic systems, they're coordinating locally, you know, in about five years, I think is where seeds heyday really shines. Is because seeds is really only necessary once we already have, you know, a thousand villages on the ground that need other tools to coordinate. Now, all of a sudden, the things we've been working on in seeds make sense and are necessary. But at that point, we won't have to build them. We've already built them and been thinking through them. <laughs> so that's when then all the communities are coming together and being like, yeah, this is all global currency. This is the global constitution that we're aligning under. So seeds can then start acting like a global nation state, so to speak. And that's what could give it a voice at the UN and say, hey, you know, we're representing a 
the interests of this diversity of an aligned land-based projects, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of what seeds then becomes is this, you know, uh, a global alliance of land-based organizations that have, have a shared economic system that they can coordinate at larger tasks. So you could see a thousand projects then using seeds to fund launching new villages, you know? Because again, maybe one village won't be able to spread itself quick enough, but the resources of surplus of one village, well, times that by a thousand, that's enough surplus we can use that to launch additional villages. So we can use the decentralized governance tools and seeds and the currencies we're making to fund new villages being set up, which again was initially what seeds was established for is, you know, if we could do what Bitcoin did, um, so Bitcoin got so popular, it was able to spend $10 billion a year on electricity. That's a huge electricity bill. You know, what if that money was going to fund local food systems and setting up new villages? So Seeds has that same potential if it got just as popular as Bitcoin. So if in five years from now, people are like, yep, let's use Seeds as that, you know, regenerative form of Bitcoin and let's buy into that. And then through that, you know, price appreciation and speculative drive, which is all that Bitcoin is really doing, um, we can fund new villages and local food systems, etc. So anyway, where do seeds go? I have no idea because I have no idea how it got to where it is now because it's been a, a citizen-governed process. It's been amazing. Um, it's achieved way more than I really thought it could in different ways. I saw it going like one direction and one really deep direction, and I'm so glad it didn't go that way. And that way was I thought it was just going to you know, be the speculative Bitcoin. People would buy into it, and then we'd have a whole bunch of money to do stuff. Uh, but what I realized is if we did get a whole bunch of money before we really figured out our governance and our structure, then we would have just repeated a lot of the same problems we were trying to fix. So I'm really happy we didn't actually, you know, take off and have success because then we would have just had a colossal failure like most of the other projects that were, you know, fortunate to succeed and catastrophically fail. Um, so that was a blessing and a curse, if that makes sense. So right. right now I see maybe five years from now, Seeds really finds the role it's meant to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a ride and we're all kind of on it. So I guess anyone's guess. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Reiki. It's been great talking to you. I've learned quite a lot and I really want to see where Seeds heads to. I, I believe it has great value, especially for, from my home in Uganda. I see a lot of projects coming from this. So I do appreciate your time and uh, good luck with your endeavor. Thanks, brother. And I got a question for you. Do you have a project in Uganda you think would be great for Regen Civics? Yeah, I have plenty of projects. <laughs> uh, seriously. So we have, um, we're looking at, we have a 32-acre plot of land that we're trying to figure out how to do, um, like, not mangroves, but kind of like uh, carbon planting trees for carbon, carbon sequestration. And then we have a contract with 50, what is it, 50 hectares or 100, something like that. That is also, we're trying to plant trees with that, so uh, for carbon sequestration. So that is one that I can think of right off the top of my head. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that'd be fun to try to also see if we can design new types of villages on those projects too. Sure. Because uh, I think the the wisdom of how groups in Africa have been coordinating has not disseminated on the global stage as well as it could have. You're right. <laughs> the politically correct saying way of saying I would love to to see more of the wisdom that you guys have on how to coordinate come into our DAO tooling. 
So that's why I'd love to see more of the experiments of how effective you guys are actually making communities work there to groups in the West that have no idea about that local scale coordination, you know, um, to well, really help um, us. So yeah, anyway, this is my long-winded way of saying I would love to bring that project in and create with you, brother, so. Oh, cool. That would be awesome. I'll be in touch. <laughs> great. All right, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, have a great day. Hey, you too, brother. Thank you.